0: News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Pete Callender here. want to welcome back to the program the chairman of the North Carolina Republican Party,
1: Michael Wadley. How are you, sir? We're doing great, Pete. Hope you guys are doing well. I
0: am. I'm doing well. So um, I guess this is actually probably pretty good news. Uh, I saw this headline from CNN. Headline said, uh, Biden and Harris hit the phones to bolster support on voting bill. So if Kamala Harris is running point on this, you got to be feeling pretty good about it, right?
1: No, i tell you, I wish I could feel good about anything <laughs> that the Democrats have proposed. You know, they've got three different bills uh, that they've been working between the House and the Senate. And all of them uh, really want to take uh, the California voting program, which allows ballot harvesting, uh, which allows you such- to have ballot drop boxes that are unobserved. Uh, does not allow you to have uh, voter ID requirements. Take that program they have in California, package it up, and make it national, and really nationalize all of Sunshine. the elections. And, you know, the the thing that, that, that we see uh, across the country on elections is there are states that take election integrity far more seriously than others. And, uh, you know, here in North Carolina, uh, you know, the programs that, that have been put in place by the state legislature Uh, by and large, are pretty good when they're implemented by the Board of Elections. But California, we do not want to see that system nationalized.
0: Right. And when you say ballot harvesting uh, would be allowed, I think people uh, might assume there may be a little bit of hyperbole there, but it's actually like that is literally what they allow now in in California. The very thing that got Democrats so mad in North Carolina's 9th Congressional District a couple of years ago, the ballot harvesting accusations They've literally codified in California and are, are wanting for all of the 50 states.
1: Yeah, you know, and it really goes back to uh, ballot integrity and, and protecting the ballot. Because when you, when you have, you know, uh, ballot boxes where people can drop off uh, the votes, uh, you know, you don't know where necessarily those are coming from, particularly when they're going to not have signature requirements, when they're not going to have witnesses requirements the way that uh, they intended it, to do it out in California and across the country. Uh, so this is this is a, a major red flag for us. So uh,
0: from this story here, this is a, a CNN story uh, that uh, this bill, I guess they've changed it now. This is the Freedom to Vote Act uh, that CNN describes as uh, a bill that would in part set minimum standards for voting access nationwide. Uh, so why do you oppose minimum standards?
1: <laughs> well, I, I don't oppose all standards. I think that uh, what we need to do is make sure that it is easy to vote and it's hard to cheat. Uh, and I know that that sounds trite, but it really truly is bedrock principles that we're trying to push out there. You know, we had 5.5 million votes cast in uh, 2020. It's the most that we've ever had cast in North Carolina. That's not a result of uh, ballot suppression, you know, Um, and we had a very close uh, election in the Senate. We had a very close election in uh, the presidential race. Uh, You know, our Supreme Court Chief Justice race was a 401 vote margin. So, you know, it is hard for any group to say that there is ballot suppression going on here in North Carolina uh, because we're doing everything we can through early voting. We've always had, you know, for the last couple decades, absentee voting uh, and and we allow people to vote obviously on election day. So there's a system that we have here in North Carolina that works very very well, and we do not need the federal government to come in and implement uh, new, you know, standards or any other procedures uh, that they're adopting out of California.
0: So in the last hour, I was going over some of the highlights from Molly Hemingway's book called "Rigged," where uh, Mark Elias features very prominently in. Uh, a lot of the litigation but also uh his uh law firm Perkins Coie, I guess former law firm Perkin, uh, Perkins Perkins and the Steel Dossier connection and his fingerprints all over that Oppo hit and um so I guess like uh, have you seen anything or heard anything about her book or about the um, uh, the material that she's uh that she's bringing to light in that book
1: Yeah you know I think Beth did a really good job uh putting this together and it and it's very factual it's a very good read Um, you know, and, and I think that it, it highlights, you know, kind of what, what can happen, uh, when the election process goes sideways. Um, and, you know, we have at this point, you know, the most partisan board of elections, uh, in North Carolina that I've ever seen. And I've been working in campaigns and elections for 35 years. You know, we, we generally have pretty good relations with the county boards. Um, but what governor Cooper has done in appointing, uh, this current team and this current, uh, Executive Director is a group that is absolutely intent on making sure that they weaken uh, protections uh, that we have on the absentee ballot program and opening that up uh, to, frankly, fraud across the state.
0: So how much of this now, because, all right, so uh, I'll give you my premise, that the, the U.S. Senate, they're not going to change the filibuster rules in order to uh, pass any of this legislation. I don't think they're going to, they're not going to get 10 Republicans on board. I don't believe so. Now, maybe you have got uh, a different uh, premise there, a different opinion on that, but I don't think they're going to get 10 Republicans to get over a filibuster and they're not going to blow up the filibuster rules for it. So uh, how much of this, this is my opinion on, and my, my I guess, prediction is that this is simply, they. this is an effort to, uh, to give an excuse for when they lose the midterms, because you know as well as I do, they're not in a very good spot for the midterms, and so if they lose their majorities, they're going to be able to come back and say, "Well, it's because the evil Republicans at all these state level parties and all these state legislatures they put into uh, effect all of these suppression laws how How far off am I, do you think
1: I think you're spot on I think you're absolutely spot on and that you know they've been they've been howling about. Uh, ballot suppression, uh, for decades. This is absolutely nothing new. You know, I think the, the key concern that I have is right now, uh, you've got, uh, Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema, uh, who have said that they're not going to go along with a lot of the legislation, uh, as it's currently written or introduced, but they're willing to negotiate on some of this stuff. And so we have to make sure that we don't negotiate to something that's not as bad as we currently are looking at, but is still. Really bad. Right. Um, and so, you know, that, that thank God we have, you know, uh, Tom Tillis uh, and, and Richard Burr on the wall, uh, and they've been voting very consistently strong on, on these issues here. Um, and, you know, we need to make sure that this does not go through. And, and I'm very glad that the Republican leadership in the Senate has done a very good job of working the calendar, uh, working on different votes, you know, going back and forth uh, the way that they do. And keeping a lot of this stuff bottled up, because uh, if you just left it up to the House, you know, they're going to pass every bill on a straight party line vote.
0: So does it give you some level of comfort in, in that the, not even the Democratic Party is able to go along with the most progressive leftist views from inside their own party? Does that give you some, uh, I don't know, confidence at, the, at where we are in the country?
1: Well, I'll tell you this. I think that the country is is a generally a center-right country. North Carolina is generally a center-right state. And what we have seen from President Biden, from Nancy Pelosi in the House and Chuck Schumer in the Senate, uh, is that the Democratic Party is way out of step with the American people. And they're certainly way out of step with North Carolina people. And I think elections certainly are going to have consequences because you look at the the approval rating, that, that President Biden has right now between 36 and 38%. I think that's a direct reflection of the fact that he is trying to take this country in a direction it does not want to go in, and he is trying to implement a progressive agenda that he does not have a mandate for. Uh, in terms of you know these particular bills, uh, look, when, when they, uh, Congress adjourns Tiny Die without passing any legislation, I'll feel comfortable until then. Uh, we're going to be very nervous, and we're going to watch, and we're going to continue... You know, to focus our efforts on communications and and hope uh, that we're going to get bipartisan opposition to these bills.
0: Yeah, I am not a fan of uh, relying on mansion uh, or cinema as the as the uh, firewall either, <laughs> but but they are yeah, the best we've know. got. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, Michael Wiley, chairman of the North Carolina Republican Party. Thanks for your time, sir. Appreciate it.
1: Yes, sir. Pete, thanks for all you do.
0: All right. Take care. Oh, my goodness. You will rarely ever hear me reference David Korn, unless I'm quoting Full Metal Jacket for some reason. But he's got a scoop at MotherJones.com headline, Joe Manchin tells associates he's considering leaving the Democratic Party and already has an exit plan. This would be huge. He has told associates he's considering leaving the Democratic Party if Joe Biden and Democrats on Capitol Hill do not agree to his demand to cut the size of the social infrastructure bill, social infrastructure, so stupid, from $3.5 trillion to $1.75 trillion, And And uh, he said he would declare himself an American independent. And so the first step, he says, would be to give up all of his leadership positions. Is uh, Okay, so this is just a tactic. He's not going anywhere. Never mind. Sorry. See, this is why I don't quote David Korn. All right. Tim. Hello, Tim. Welcome to the program. How are you?
2: I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? I'm
0: good. What's up?
2: Uh, Look, I'm a diehard Trump fan. Been to uh, numerous of his rallies, voted for him twice. I'll vote for him again. Mm -hmm. But Donald Trump was the best weapon that Democrats had to win the Georgia runoffs. Yeah. And if you watch the news now, you see them blowing all these uh, pseudo-racist moments out of proportion, like the whipping on the border. Yeah. They are desperately looking for the next George Floyd moment. And when they get that moment, and you couple that with Donald Trump running his mouth, it's going to be a sweep for the Democrats in 22 and 24. This, so people, I, I will,
0: Tim, I, I give you credit. I think there's a lot of people that love Trump that don't recognize the damage he can do to his own side. Um, and, and by the way, the same, the same sort of thing applied to Mitt Romney apply. I mean, all of these guys like, uh, okay, maybe except Ronald Reagan, but like everybody else, um, they can inflict damage on their own uh, turnout. And, yeah. uh, and, and Trump did that. Well. Yeah. And Trump did that. And a lot of people refuse to accept that same, same thing with AOC, right? There are a lot of people who love Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and, and anything the Congresswoman says or does is is perfect and, and awesome. And it's like, you don't understand. There are a lot of people that just get really turned off
2: by her. Um, yes, that, I, would just, I would just like to tell people, you know, audits are fine. I'd like to know yeah. what, what actually happened. But if we don't drop this, Democrats' cheating is so insurmountable that we can never win. We're never going to win.
0: He sent out something, like within the last... Probably weak, I want to say one of his statements because he can't tweet anymore, so he just like issues these press releases. He's still saying don't vote. He's telling people don't go out to vote. Yeah,
2: and I don't, I heard
0: that. yeah, like I don't understand what you're doing at this point. Then,
2: yeah, it's just uh, I don't understand it either. If I could have choked him through the radio, I would have, and <laughs> well, then I would have voted for him. Right? That you, <laughs> that's right.
0: Well, and the thing I don't understand is that he, the the pitch. So in 2016, when I would do because I was a Ted Cruz guy, I wanted Ted Cruz in the primary. And so I was arguing for Ted Cruz. And the argument that people made for Donald Trump was he fights. Well, how, what happened to that slogan if he's out there telling you don't go vote? How is he? How is he a fighter then? Sounds like that sounds like surrender.
2: Yeah, that's some strategy. I just do. Not <laughs> there
0: you go. Tim, thanks for the call. Thanks for hanging on, too. I appreciate it. All right, you guys have a good day. All right, man, you too. Yeah, that's. I heard uh, Vince Coakley a couple days ago say, uh, and he has said this many times, I'm sure, but it was, I think, the first time I've heard him say it, which is that Donald Trump was his own worst enemy. And it's so true. It's so true. If he had discipline, if he had any modicum of discipline in his message or behavior, man. Yeah, I mean, he could have been and still could, but I don't think he, I mean, I just, I don't think he, at his age, you don't change, you know? I don't think you, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not i am not interested in going into a whole, you know, Donald Trump psychological evaluation here. There's, I'm not interested in that. And I won't be interested in that. If he runs again, uh, then, you know, we'll jump off that bridge if we get to it. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I, I don't think... I don't think that he's particularly helpful to the fight by telling people don't go out and vote. So um, let me get back to the, uh, this story at CNN, which like, seriously, to me, this was, this was the best news that Joe Biden put Kamala Harris in charge of uh, whipping up the votes for the election bills because like right there, if her past, Performance is any indication of, of the future uh, performance then we are we're fine. she's not going to get anything done. She hasn't done anything on the border. What else did he put her in charge of? Was there some sort of like uh, storm relief or something? She was going to cure cancer? Oh no wait, Biden was supposed to do that, right Space he put her in charge of space like all of space, I think like she's in charge. So, uh, yeah, so this was really good news. I also had some questions, though. Um, Biden was working the phones. Kamala Harris working the phones. So Biden was on the phone with Senators Raphael Warnock of Georgia and Alex Padilla of California. And uh, Harris, the vice president, is on the phone with Angus King and Amy Klobuchar and John Ossoff from Georgia. I don't understand uh are they wobbly democrats i mean angus king is a co-sponsor of the bill for crying out loud so why are you working the phones for them all right uh let's bounce over to wbt news center and here is uh, mark harrison
2: Thank you, Pete. Another day, another student brings a gun to school in Charlotte. WBT News learning in the last few minutes, a student was arrested this morning as the trend of bringing weapons to school continues. Gun number 11 was found this morning with a 17-year-old student at West Charlotte High School. And again, since the start of school on August 25th, that makes 11 guns that have been found, multiple knives, well over a dozen knives. WBT's Brett Jensen again, the 17-year-old arrested. No immediate comment from CMS on another gun being found. In addition to all the weapons, two sexual assaults also reported this year. One in a school building, another on a school bus. You can feel free to drink the water again in Charlotte. City says safe to drink what's coming out of your tap. No bacteria got into the pipes during that big water main break Monday. Charlotte Water is immediately lifting the precautionary 48-hour low-water pressure advisory issued on Monday. They say they have tested samples from 260 fire hydrants and 104 other locations and the advisory has now been lifted after the water samples collected and tested have met all requirements. Water quality standards and bacterial testing was negative, so it looks like we're good to go with the water. They say though, if customers experience cloudy or discolored water, they should run cold water for 10 to 15 minutes, and if the discoloration continues, they want you to call 311 or Charlotte Water. Joe Gillespie, WBT News. A lot of emotion in a Florida courtroom today.
0: News Talk 1110 993 WBT got an email here from John listening up in New Jersey as he has been for years John says not every hour is put up for listening uh he's asking for the podcast sometimes I'm using power tools and I cannot listen if they're not going to be put up at the end of the day you're going to have to shout during the live show so all right everybody I apologize but this is for John no I'm kidding um yeah, no, we've got Roger on the board. Uh, producer Ryan uh, is ill, and so uh, the podcasts are not up. Uh, so I apologize for that. Um, but I will, I will talk extra loud. We'll do that just during the the final hour of the show. I'll do the whole thing just screaming. Um, so plan your power tools accordingly. The uh, the vote count in the Senate right now is 50 50 unless Manchin flips, although I'm not I don't think that's going to happen. So uh, it's 50 50. And so Democrats, but they pretend like they govern, like they've got some massive majority. This was Michael Watley is exactly right where he talked about this. They've been acting as if they've got some sort of a mandate and they don't. Democrats do not have particularly the leftists in the Democratic Party. They do not have a mandate. Um, I think it was uh, John Padaritz. Podor, uh, uh, yeah, um, he was on, uh, I think, Meet the Press or something over the weekend. And he made this point like they they they're behaving as if they've got historic majorities and they don't have a majority. And it's a 50 50 split in the Senate. You know, LBJ's great society was passed when they had 70 seats or something like that and they had a 150 vote majority in the house like that's that's how you do massive transformational civilizational society level types of government intervention right like that's how that happens it doesn't happen in a 50-50 senate or no it shouldn't happen in a 50-50 senate we are in a jam right it's a log jam. It's a traffic jam. You don't get to run roughshod over the other half of the country just because you got a 51 to 50 split. Just because you've got like a five-seat majority or whatever it is in the House. You don't, you don't get to cram down policy on 50% of the population that basically voted against the other guys. Not for you, but against the other guys. So the vote count reality has presented a persistent challenge, says the story at CNN by Phil Mattingly, uh, which it's good that he got another career there after the, uh, uh, after the Yankees, after his time with the Yankees, right? Uh, Phil Mattingly writes that while some Democrats have pressed to change the Senate rules to scrap the filibuster, Joe Manchin has made it clear that is a non-starter. Senator Kirsten Cinema. The Arizona Democrat has also publicly stated her opposition to changing the Senate rules. It's a reality that has led to a palpable frustration among activists. (laughs) Again, you do not control the country. You got a 50 50 split. I've said this for years. Democrats act like and media, you know, their allies in the media. They act like every tie goes to the runner and the runner is always them. You know, any time there's any bit of doubt as to, well, I'm not sure which way this is going to go. It goes our way. It's our way every single time. Um, so this bill uh, that they're running—it's now called the Freedom to Vote Act. Uh, this is not the For the People Act. That was the original bill that they ran, which was even worse. This is a scaled-back version. Um, Democrats placed high on the, their agenda at the start of the year. It's garnered no support from Republicans, which they need in order to get past a filibuster. So um, if you are working the phones as CNN is reporting that Biden and Harris are both working the phones to bolster support, wouldn't you be calling the Republicans? <laughs> Why are you calling the Democrats? Why are you calling Senator Angus King? He's a co-sponsor. Is he wobbly on this bill that he sponsored? Why are you calling all of these Democratic senators? They're all already on board. You need 10 Republicans. Why aren't you calling them? But literally everybody mentioned in this story. So what is this? What is, this is? This is PR. This is CNN acting as a PR agent for... The Democratic Party, I mean, even more so than usual, this is signaling its signalization to the angries, to the base, to the progressives, the leftists. They're like, blow up the filibuster, Democrats, blow up that filibuster. Give us what we demand. This is what they want. And so Democrats, knowing that they don't have the 10 votes, they throw this story out there that, well, Biden and Harris, they're, they're doing stuff, they're making some moves, they're totally making some phone calls to Democrats that already support the measure. As if this is going to inoculate them. It's just, it's about perception. They're trying to uh, present the image to the angries that they're totally on board and totally working for this thing, knowing full well they don't have any Republican support, let alone 10 Republican uh Uh, senators to sign on to this. And so if you don't have the 10, then what do you got? Nothing, right? You got nothing, but you'll have an excuse when you lose the midterms and you'll be able to uh, say that the reason you lost wasn't because your policies, because again, Democrats never lose races because their policies are atrocious. It's never that people disagree with Democrats on what they want to do. No, no, no. It's they just didn't get their message out. That's always... That's always the spin from Democrats and the media. But I repeat myself, they're always telling us that the reason they lost was that they just didn't get the message out. They're just having a hard time just breaking through, you know, all of the noise and that sort of stuff. And just people, they just weren't aware. They just did not know how awesome everything would be if Democrats were put in power. You see? Look, I mean, take a look. This is just a mere taste. Do you like the 5% inflation? Right? Yeah, of course. Do you like the uh, the the empty shelves that Joe Biden and the Democrats have brought us? Of course you do. So um, vote for that. See, it's never. Well, yeah, okay. That might not be the best sales pitch. Maybe not. All right. News Talk eleven ten ninety nine three WBT. You can email me Pete at thepetecalendershow.com. We've got an email here to read from Kathy, who says, Pete, I think Vice President Harris is a great pick for the space program. Her best personal characteristic is space-based. Um, no, I think the uh, it makes sense, really. If you're going... I mean, really. like If you're going to put somebody in charge of, like, infinite nothing, it should be her... Okay, uh, Ryan, welcome to the program. Hello, Ryan, how are you? Hey,
3: Pete, thanks hey. for taking my call. Hey, let's go, Brandon.
0: Let's go, Brandon, yes, indeed. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, I have a question. I've been listening to your show, and um, you're probably the only one that can answer this, because you, you aggregate your media a lot like I do. I hear it from the left, there from the right. I try and find nonpartisan sources as often as I can. But your show reminded me of something. Um, after the election, but before the inauguration, there was an article that came out That was a report by a Supreme Court uh, clerk where he had reported that he heard a very heated discussion between Alito, Thomas, and Roberts, where they wanted to hear if you remember the Texas, um, Texas wanted to bring suit.
0: Yeah, I vaguely recall. Yeah, I vaguely recall this story too. Yeah. And
3: and there was a huge argument. Right. Um, this, This particular clerk said he had never heard anything like it. So, my question to you is. Um, from what the article said, Robert's, and this is a quote, secondhand, I I get that, but Robert said that he didn't want to take up the case because he thought that even taking up the case would, quote, tear the country apart. Right. So do you think that had the Supreme Court heard the Texas case, that January 6th would have even happened?
0: Would January 6th have happened... Well, I mean, there there are a lot of assumptions that I would have to make in order to get to a definitive answer on that, right? Because I would have to assume that there would have been some sort of disposition that the Supreme Court entered or ruled, right? That they would say, you know, yes or no or whatever, and that that would be uh, less inflammatory. And it's also, you know, would would January 6th have happened or something similar from the left? Would they have put on their pink caps and marched on DC right i mean seriously like the if and i've seen this uh, on social media where people will post pictures of the riots that occurred around the white house remember when trump went out there with the bible and went to the church and and it's very difficult to tell the difference right but one i mean heck there was there was some uh, insurrectionisty activity that occurred the other day in D.C. where people uh, uh, they, they attacked, the a, yeah, the Interior Department. So, yeah. but they were leftists, so it's all okay and nobody cares. Um, and, and so, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of assumptions. I don't know if uh, if January 6th would have happened the way it happened had the Supreme Court acted. I, this is one of the it's one of the things that, um, and I, I know I've quoted him twice now, but I, I believe it's yeah, it was Jordan Peterson. Uh, in In an interview he gave several years ago, and he talked about uh, speaking the truth and 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 telling the truth. It may not be like if all things being equal, like if you could lie or you could tell the truth, but um, if if you tell the truth that that may not give you a good outcome, but it is still the best outcome that you could hope for, right? So it's like you may have a bunch of bad choices. To make, but you still have to make a choice. It doesn't make them. It doesn't mean you're going to escape any kind of you know penalty or or pain. It just means you made the best choice you could have. And if you believe in truth, and you believe that there is objective value to telling the truth, then that should always be the thing that you should tell. It should be the choice you make, um, even if sometimes it's painful.
3: I agree 100. good answer. So follow up. Do you think that Roberts should have heard the case?
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I think the Supreme Court Chief Justice John Roberts has been uh, has been a, a serious disappointment, and uh, to me, and um, has done more to undermine my confidence in the legal system than probably any uh, any left wing jurist. Because at least with a leftist. I know what their philosophy is with Roberts I don't with Roberts I, I I have no sense of uh how he will move on a particular issue or case because I don't know what you know who who's in his ear or what his what he is weighing it's impossible to know and that gives me no confidence that he's doing it by the book or he's following law it just it, it's it's more nakedly um rationalization he's he's ruling by rationalization you know so. yeah
3: well hey i'm really excited that you uh read the article and you remembered it. i appreciate taking my call yeah, yeah so- absolutely
0: yeah ryan thanks for the call i appreciate it yeah uh i and look yes and ryan's right like it was hearsay it was some guy who overheard this and you know you're listening through a door so did he hear it all correctly i don't know but it was disturbing that they're having an argument like that um I, I do not like I, mean, I do not like the idea. And they have I think it's been Clarence Thomas in the past who has uh, turned his fire on his colleagues for refusing to take up cases in the past. Like pretending like, oh, we don't want to weigh in on this. Like, are you kidding me? We've weighed in on all of these other things, but this is the bridge too far. Or you've weighed in on all of these related cases at the lower levels. And now here's the big issue. And you kick the can. Like, come on. Yeah, but then again, (laughs) do you want them deciding some of this stuff? Yeah, like that's where I'm torn. It's on the one, this is why people are like, oh, I can't believe it. Congress doesn't do anything. Like, I'm fine with that. I am fine. No matter who's in charge, I'm fine with nobody doing anything. I would be fine with everybody at a legislative level in an executive branch level taking like five years off. Just go home. Like, I love the Texas legislative uh, schedule that they run, which is like they don't show up for multiple years. Like, that's fantastic. Just don't do anything. Just stop helping, right? Stop fixing stuff. <laughs> you're, you're making it worse. You're just making it worse. Um, look, winter time is worse if you don't have a code. So want't you help us out? We're uh, joined up with uh, Charlotte Mechanical. And uh, these guys do uh, uh, plumbing and HVAC and uh, electrical stuff. And uh, we're doing a coat drive. 704coatdrive.com is the website. You can uh, drop off a new coat. You can drop off a gently used one. Gently, people. This is not a way for you to like clear your conscience throwing out like nasty coats. We don't want those. So new coat. Or, uh, gently use Coat, like new. And uh, you can also make a monetary donation to the Salvation Army. Go to 704CoatDrive.com. News is next. And then uh, I will get to this Mark Elias audio. He was on with the potato this weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's good stuff. Hang on. <laughs>